0: Hello and welcome to this ANL Goodbody podcast on the new corporate watchdog, the Corporate Enforcement Authority. I'm Michelle McLaughlin, a knowledge lawyer in the ALG's corporate department. Today I'm joined by my colleague Clara Gleason, a solicitor in a white-collar crime group, to talk about what this means for companies. The Companies Corporate Enforcement Authority Act replaced the existing corporate enforcer, the Office of the Director of Corporate Enforcement, with a new statutory agency, the Corporate Enforcement Authority, or CEA for short. This change has been a fair while coming, and there's been a lot of publicity around it. So, Clara, could you tell us what's actually changing?
1: Sure, Michelle. Really, the main change is structural. So previously, the ODCE operated as an office within the Department of Enterprise Trade and Employment, but now the CEA is a standalone body. It's an independent statutory agency. And this is a very practical change. For all enforcement authorities, having control of their recruitment and their appointments is really key to them being able to operate effectively. This change is going to give the CEA much greater flexibility and autonomy than its predecessor. So it's going to be able to appoint its own staff and will have greater control over setting their grades and setting their remuneration. And this should allow it to attract the specialist expertise in digital, forensics and so on that the ODC had long sought. As well as that, there are going to be increases in resourcing, both budgetary and staffing. So the headcount overall is increasing by nearly 50% and the number of seconded Gardaí is going to double. The ODCE actually only had in and around 50 people, which is quite a small number when you think about the scale and complexity of its mandate. So in relative terms, this is going to mean a big upswing in manpower and expertise. And all of this should really enhance the CEA's capacity to enforce company law and to investigate breaches.
0: Okay, so in practical terms, what does this mean for businesses? What can they expect? Yeah, it's a good question, Michelle, because I mean, on its
1: face, this is a change to the internal and the organisational makeup of the corporate watchdog. So people might well be wondering, well, why does this matter? I think what companies and directors need to understand is that these structural changes and these resourcing changes, they couldn't but have an impact on enforcement activity. Up until now, resourcing has been something of a limiting factor for the ODCE and scaling it up means that we are bound to see a greater level of enforcement activity and more aggressive enforcement. Now, that said, I don't think that we can expect to see any sort of radical change overnight. It will be more gradual than that, and I think there will be some lead-in time while these changes embed within the organisation, so it's not a case that companies can expect That they will suddenly have the authorities turning up on their doorstep the moment the CEA opens its doors. It's going to be more longer term than that. There's also been some talk about the CEA being a new Irish FBI for white collar crime, as it's been called. Now, I think that maybe goes a little bit too far for a couple of different reasons. Instead, I think maybe the way to look at it is as a case of evolution, not revolution. That's actually what Ian Drennan Who is the former director of corporate enforcement and who now heads up the new CEA. That's how he's described it. So we're not quite in a brave new world or anything like that, nor is there any need for alarm. But companies and directors would certainly be well advised to keep a keen eye on their compliance, because it is likely that enforcement activity will certainly go up a gear.
0: Where do you think the
1: CEA's emphasis will be? I think the investigative and enforcement activities will encompass big investigations, small investigations and really everything in between. Just like the ODCE, I think we can expect that the CEA will have quite a mixed and quite a varied caseload that would capture everything between, you know, fraudulent trading at one end of the spectrum and then things more benign things like maybe inadvertent errors in accounts at the other. So just because a company is smaller or because a breach isn't at the more egregious end of the spectrum, you shouldn't just assume that you're not going to be in anyone's sights because the reality is that you could be. Now, saying that, obviously, there is a large public interest element here. So I think we can expect the focus that we've seen in the past from the ODCE on really serious issues and bad actors. I think that's not going to go away either. One trend that we have seen lately that's interesting is the increased use of the disqualification undertaking process with directors. This is where the ODCE, or now the CEA, writes to you and affords you an opportunity to accept a period of disqualification as a director on a voluntary basis. Uh, So effectively what they say is if you accept it, that they won't bring the matter to court and you're then disqualified voluntarily. We're seeing this more and more often and not just in respect of the serious types of misconduct that people typically would associate a disqualification with or the type of thing for which it's up until now been typically reserved for. This is a really difficult situation to find yourself in. It's challenging to fight a disqualification application unless you either have directors and officers insurance cover or you have pretty significant resources. And any disqualification whether it's voluntary or whether it's by court order, can be absolutely devastating for an individual's business life, can have huge consequences, both professionally and reputationally. So it's certainly something that we think directors should be alive to. Is there any word
0: of the CEA getting additional powers?
1: Yeah, actually, the CEA already has pretty a pretty powerful extensive suite of powers. It's inherited all the same powers that the ODCE previously held, so it's able to search, it's able to seize, it can compel records, it can compel explanations about documents and so on. A lot of the focus for increasing its powers will be on modernizing the tools available to it and this is to keep pace with technological developments and to ensure that its powers are fit for purpose certainly looks like the government is going to address this as part of a forthcoming police powers bill so it's very much a case of watch this
0: space. Thank you Clara for joining me today if you have any queries please contact Clara or any member of the White Collar Crime Group or indeed your usual ALG contact. Thank you for listening.